1: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to
2: jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. You're listening to the final cast on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brad. In the house is Jimmy. What's up?
1: I'm back. What's up? Man, What's up? Man, man. Just working to myself to death. I'm ready for this week to be over with. It's bad. Yeah, that's not any good, dude. What about <laughs> you?
2: I'm working. I am my last week of work here. I start a new job Monday, so. Heck yeah.
1: You looking forward to that?
2: i guess uh, like i've told my wife i second guess myself on everything so i've second guessed this new job like 12 times
1: <laughs> as long as you're leaving on a good note though man maybe you could go back if you don't like it yeah we'll see if i
2: don't like it i'll just start my own company
1: that's what i did it works it yep
2: well we got a cool guest for you guys tonight uh i don't know if uh I don't know if our listeners have heard you or not yet, but Tackle Talk Podcast, Andrew Hayes. What's up, man? Hey, what's
3: up? How's it going?
2: Good. Um. Yeah, this is cool because I listen to your podcast. I've listened to it probably for the last seven months, I'm guessing, something like that, since the beginning of the pandemic. So, yeah, it's cool to have you on.
3: Hey, He's a fanboy. <laughs> hey, it's, what's funny is, too, is like I didn't realize until... What maybe two, three months ago that we live in, we would both live in Dayton, like same city. Like, what are the odds of that? I, <laughs> yeah. I
4: think it was
3: Ryan. I think it was Ryan that told me uh, about you and about you guys, and I was like, "Holy cow!" It's like, what are the odds of two fishing podcasts being out of Dayton, or at least having somebody out of Dayton, Ohio? Like, I would have never pegged that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I wish yeah. I was smart enough with this to just put the graphic up from Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs> Well,
1: Well,
3: considering it took me 15 minutes to figure out how to share my video, I don't think uh, we're too technically savvy here right now.
2: (laughs) Wait, uh, Jimmy's filling in for my other co-host, other guy that's usually on the podcast. He's actually from uh, Kettering also.
3: Yeah, that's insane. As I say, we still need to get out and hit the river too. I know we've talked about it for like two months now, but we do need to get out before it gets too cold.
2: I know. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm well, anxious yeah. to
3: see you. I've seen these pictures of you out in a Big Bird suit, and I haven't got to see it in person yet.
1: <laughs> hey, old Big Bird! Now Dude, he's I'm got a matching so much boat
2: crap about that matching boat. <laughs> from and everybody, suit. and yeah. you have a new kayak every three days. That's true. That's everybody knows me for the Big Bird suit and different kayak every every time they see me.
1: <laughs> no, what we actually <laughs> know him for is being the most indecisive person in the world.
2: <laughs>
3: yep, I'm through every kind of kayak out there uh by the time we hit december 31st i would hey. assume what, how many how many of you had in the past couple months
2: uh just two oh
3: okay I've, yeah. i must have seen I, you I, trying other buddies or other people's out then
2: yeah i try i try everybody's out uh, somebody has something new i'm like hey let me get in that
3: <laughs> <laughs> i got an ascend 10t with a couple holes in it you can try out if you want
2: oh geez <laughs> i saw your weld job on it too <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah ask ryan about that we went uh We went on like a, uh, it was probably like a four or five mile kayak trip and about, I'm not kidding you, dude, like a fourth of a mile into it breaks wide open. And I mean, just, we can't keep water out of it. It's taken on like probably 30, 40, 50 gallons of water every like five minutes. And you're just slowly sinking down to the point where the, the top part, like the lip of the kayak is even with the water and like every 10 minutes you have to stop and dump it. We were just trying to get through the trip. I mean, it was <laughs> it was the sketchiest kayak trip I've ever taken.
2: And it was on that one stretch that I'm thinking is like eight or nine miles.
3: Yes. Yeah, it was Jesus. awful. And there's it's one of those ones where there's no turning back either. Oh yeah. So yeah, we got like a quarter mile into it where it's like you gotta make it work somehow. So I had to keep stopping dumping it. And you'd go around these bins that have you know the trees that if you're not careful can kind of pinion stuff, and you're trying to navigate this while you still have probably 150 pounds of water in your kayak you're like this is yeah. not I, this is not what i signed up for today
2: <laughs> yeah I, i've done that like
1: this keep people off of kayaks <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: i've done that stretch once man and it, it's a long stretch i mean 12 hours plus
3: dude there's some good spots there but yeah you're yeah right. it's a it's a sun up to sundown in the time of year where the day is longest mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> to yep. get through it the must be is it really curvy i mean because eight nine miles honestly is not that that far but
3: yeah, it's it's pretty windy back and forth, and there's a lot of spots you gotta like get out and portage, and yeah. there's a there's a couple spots where you you want to pull off and you want to actually you know fish by foot for you know forty five minutes or so too, so that obviously drags it out a little bit, but yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's it's also one of those things where when we went, it was supposed to be a fairly calm day, and then you get again right when I broke it open, and the wind just starts going like fifteen miles an hour in your face to the point where you're not going downstream anymore you're being pushed upstream by wind and you're like yeah (laughs) this is gonna make this into what feels like a 20 mile an hour trip or 20 mile trip now yep yep yep
2: well uh for those uh have not uh heard your podcast or know who you are give us a little background on you
3: yeah um so i live in dayton ohio i've been fishing pretty much my whole life but i would say probably started taking it seriously like goodness maybe five six seven years ago something like that um really when i got out of college and you know kind of went out on my own and realized that i missed a lot of that stuff from my childhood which is just like you know you know how fishing is it's it's your escape it's your time to like just decompress from i've said it a million times but like you shut off your email you shut off your phone you go out in the middle of nowhere and i like going by myself a lot too i know a lot of people like you know taking big trips with buddies and stuff it's like i love going out by myself in the mm-hmm. kayak or waiting or whatever and just getting away from everything and you know I, I realized I missed that so I got back into it and then uh probably a year into taking it relatively seriously I've I've said this before too but it's just like there was one fish that just got me hooked it's it's back there somewhere on the wall it's like that uh that fish came out of date and it was like six or seven pounds probably and Jeez. it was just one of it was just one of those ones where it's like I'd never seen a fish remotely that big before my biggest fish before that was probably like I don't know, maybe four. And it was just one of those things where you're just, you're just hooked. It's like that fish mm-hmm. turned me into like from a recreational angler to like a wake up in the morning and all I can think about is fishing like from that day on. So I have a lot to thank uh, for that fish. But, you know, I just I stuck with it. I really enjoy exploring new water. I think that's my favorite part about everything. And we're really lucky around here because we do have a fairly mm-hmm. good river system and you have a lot of area that's not completely off limits or that you can get to. You got some river spots that are, shallow enough you can wade or accessible Mm -hmm. enough you can kayak so you know we have a lot of water to to discover and kind of go and play around with so I really like that aspect of it too and then you know about a year ago I had I've been doing like Instagram and stuff for a while just because I wanted to to start basically like a a photo collage for myself to be able to remember some of these fish and you know Mm -hmm. not have them just get lost on an iPhone that I'm eventually going to drop and lose all my pictures off of so I started that and then I realized it's like I wanted to find a fishing show that I could listen to while I was in the truck for work. And back that time, that would have been like a year and a half ago, probably at this point. And I just couldn't find anything that like was the format that I was looking for. That was just short, precise, like I wanted, you know, tips, tricks. I wanted reviews on stuff. I wanted unbiased stuff, which is so hard to find nowadays, mm-hmm. too, because everybody's got a billion sponsors and all kinds of stuff. So I was just, you know, I got fed up eventually. And I was like, I, I think I can probably do something you know worth listening to so i started doing it and just kind of stuck with it. it was like hey you know i'm gonna put one out a week and i'm gonna see where it goes and luckily people started listening to it and i i really enjoy doing it. it just gives me an outlet to kind of you know vent and and talk about certain things and there's nothing better you guys get the same thing i'm sure where it's like it's those those messages you get of people that listen that enjoy it mm-hmm. that you know took something they learned and and caught their biggest fish of the year or something it's like that kind of stuff just makes it really really cool so i I really enjoyed it
2: yeah I completely agree with that that's for sure but um yeah you guys want to get into some uh tackle talk i guess <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes i am always down
2: sweet um yeah so uh, this episode we're gonna be talking about buzz baits, spinner spinnerbaits jigs and chatterbaits and trailers. trailers and trailers yeah uh because we were talking about uh, putting trailers on spinnerbaits and stuff. And I know I for sure – or I don't do that, but I know a lot of other guys do. But, yeah, let, uh, let, I've, let's I've start there. With it,
4: but...
2: let, cool. Let's start there. How do you guys – I mean, do you guys throw trailers on spinnerbaits or what? Go you know,
3: I – yeah, I – don't usually, and it's because I've gotten so hooked to having to have a stinger hook or a trailer hook on my mm-hmm. spinner bait. Like, I, I've I've tried it both ways. I've tried throwing a little paddle tail or something on the back, and I mean, there's no doubt that it catches fish. It it basically becomes like, are you worried about bulking up your profile and going after those bigger fish, or going after that that bigger bite, or just trying to put more you know water displacement things like that? Then yeah, I guess probably a paddle tail makes more sense because you're getting. two blades, you're getting an extra kick off that thing and you're getting bulk. But a lot of times I'm just I just get so hung up in not making sure that I miss any of the bites I have. And I can't tell you how many fish that I have caught on a spinnerbait that has only been like skin hooked on the trailer hook. So a lot of times I opt for a trailer hook and I haven't really found a good way to do both yet. I've tried to put like a paddle tail on and then put the trailer hook on top. It obviously impedes the motion of Mm -hmm. of the paddle tail. So I usually opt for a stinger hook over a, a paddle tail, but there's a, a time and place for both, I think.
2: It, Go ahead, Brad. Unless you're fishing for smallies, then they just smack the spinner bait. <laughs> right.
3: Which is another reason to have a trailer hook. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, if, if I'm fishing like a really big spinner bait, you're like a, you know, a three eighth ounce or something, just, you're trying to bump to mm-hmm. through that water. It's like, put a really small stinger hook on the back of that, that mm-hmm. big, you know, cause you know how it goes smallies getting them to actually inhale that bait and get that whole hook in their mouth if you're looking at you know a two three four odd hook sometimes there's a lot to ask of them so if you can put like a little bit more of a micro kind of stinger hook on the back of there a lot of times you will catch those so i i, I do that quite a bit
2: yeah
1: i i've played around with a lot of all of it uh you know for the same reason you're talking about like a short strike That's the whole reason I've stopped trying to make the paddle tail happen because it's just Mm going to put them even further back. Um, Stinger hooks, there's a, I can't think of the brand name of the one I like, uh, but it's basically the eyelets wax covered, Mm -hmm. which is great because you can make it stationary. And I actually have got where I've used it on the buzz toad. Uh, I haven't had any luck with it because I honestly don't throw this as much but the few bites I've had at this, they were trailing back behind it pretty far. And that, I think it's a one-aught stinger hook and it it doesn't even clear the paddle tails. So mm. if they come up to nip the feet, I mean, it's you know less than a quarter of an inch from the feet. It's just, but again, this is a bait that I'm trying to make myself throw more. So I can't really say if I've had any had success with it. But other than that, like I tend to go towards spinner baits like the Terminator where mm. it's a relatively short hook. Um, and then I usually trim the skirts to get close to the hook like that. And I, I just seem to have more success with it that way. Um, usually if I'm getting really short strikes on the spinner bait, I just quit throwing it. To be honest, I find something else, whether I swap to like an underspin or something, something to just draw them in a little closer. Makes sense that you brought up a good point about the, uh, spinner bait
2: and trimming the, um, the skirt. I've started doing that with my spinner baits. Um, I think you recommended War Eagle to me, actually, and uh, their their skirts are pretty long on the end. Yeah. I, I end up cutting those flush with all the other skirt around it.
3: Yep, you can do that, too. So kind of the interesting part is, depending on what brand you get, some of the skirts are really interesting because some of them are just bulk. And you're right, you can cut those down and you can trim those up and make them a little bit more finesse. But some of these spinner baits, and, and some other baits too that you'll see will actually have like their skirt made on purpose where it will be long, but the long strands will be, you know, a fourth of what the actual strands are. And in the water, mm-hmm. that thing swims really well and it basically makes what you're hoping that paddle tail would be, which is just yeah. kind of like a, 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 a swimming sort of tail on the end. So, yeah, I mean, it's it depends on the brand too, but yeah, I'm a big war eagle guy, I just think. You know, it, it, there's no frills on it really. It's, it's just a good, solid spinnerbait. I love their colors. I think they do really good with the blades too. They're not cheap mm-hmm. blades, which I like. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think there's a time and place for both. And I am, I know uh, you mentioned that you like the uh, stinger hooks with like the wax on them, um, which those are great too. Another thing that you can do a lot of times, I'll have people that'll be like, hey, you know, I bought these uh, hooks and they have, you'll have the ones that have the really big eyelet that just kind of slide over and then, you're going to have to peg it there somehow. And a lot of people use like, you know, a little piece of plastic or something. One thing that works really well is jig collars. Like if you you ever make your own jigs, like those little rubber pieces that are like two cents each, you can buy you know a whole Mm -hmm. pack of them for like a dollar or two. Those make really good kind of things to just slide over that barb of the hook. And then it lets that, that stinger hook or Mm -hmm. that trailer hook kind of free swing a little bit more. And then that way it's kind of moving with the bait in the water. And it's not every once in a while, if you, if you have one of those ones that, just kind of attaches and it's got a piece of plastic or it's got some of that wax or something sometimes it'll get caught and jammed and it'll kind of look a little whopper jawed and it'll go off to the side a little bit and you have to kind of straighten it back out if you get those free swinging ones you'll make sure that it kind of stays the way you want which is kind of parallel with your bait
1: something i've done with those is uh shrink wrap yeah uh put them on too. and then slide a small cut of shrink wrap over it just to, just like you said so it still gets that that back and forth motion yep
2: pretty so cool i've seen uh Strike Strike King, uh, the Banshee series. They come with the, uh, um, trailer hook on the back of them. You I seen have one those?
3: Around, Yeah, I have one of those around here somewhere. I I bought it. I actually really liked it because I thought you know it was kind of cool. It had painted blades. The mm-hmm. only thing I didn't really like about the Banshee ones is that head on that thing was They're so huge. big. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious!
1: That's, that's probably my biggest problem with this one right here. This is a uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. It's custom stuff from uh, mm. Tennessee. And that head is just like a giant round ball. And like <laughs> the, yeah. he uses a barrel swivel, like a very big barrel swivel on his blades. And like, this is probably the hardest thumping spinnerbait I've ever owned. But that head catches everything in the water. So this is yep. clear open water only. And I have tend to use this one at night. Same with the, like, I like the Yamamoto spinnerbait. And like we were talking about trimming the skirt, if I'm going to throw them at night, I don't trim the skirt you know, give it as much mm-hmm. profile and undulation as it can.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, was that? Um, Josh Strinko from the Somali Talk podcast, he, he was talking about using um Accent uh, Lures buzz bait, or not buzz bait, spinner bait, the uh, all black one. And he likes to throw, I think he said a half ounce on the river when the river's like up and muddy. I'm like, man, I need to try that.
1: Does that thing look sweet, the midnight color? I've got some uh, black and blue Academy brand $1 spinnerbaits, and I Mm -hmm. can tell you I've got probably a $100 in spinnerbaits laying just right here. And that black and blue $1 spinnerbait, or no, it's black and chartreuse, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I bought one with a Colorado and one with double willows, and I've probably caught 10 times as many fish on those. And like, really, I've, I think I've got these same two I started with. Like, they won't. I've had to sharpen the hooks on them. Yeah, like, but they won't die. Like, they look so bad, but they just still work. And I've thrown them in muddy water, stained water, daytime, nighttime. It doesn't matter. That black just like I throw black and blue, anything in clear water. I do too. You know? Yep, yep. I think it's kind of the same thing.
3: Do you guys remember the one dollar like Walmart spinnerbaits? They used to yeah, have? like the the white and like uh like. Carolina Tar Heel blue color they used to have
2: yeah
3: same thing like I can, I've probably caught 200 fish in my lifetime on those things and it, you know if it I, the only problem I used to have with them obviously they're cheap so they rust out fairly easily and but like too. we talked about I'm if you're using like a, a trailer hook and if that's the hook that's getting the hook up for you with the fish like 80% of the time anyway it's like you can use these really trashy you know mm-hmm. spinner baits if you really want to and just put a good hook on the back of it.
5: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: I yeah. love using, not to get to buzzbaits yet, but just to hit on it. You talk about them rust, and makes me think about it. The cheap Academy and Walmart buzzbaits were some of my favorite when I was younger, because you let them get that first little bit of rust. And then they just start squealing like yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, there's there's
2: a uh, um, there's another uh, spinner bait that's like two ninety nine, I think. Jawbone. I don't know if you guys have seen those or not. Those are yeah. at
3: uh, Field and Stream, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I I just I started picking them up a couple years back, and I would catch smallmouth on them. I, I caught one of the baddest smallmouth I have ever caught on one of those two ninety nine uh, spinner baits.
3: Yeah, that's the uh that's the in house brand for Dixon Field and Stream, I think.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah. Um okay. they make like some little cranks and stuff like that too. They make a really mm-hmm. weird um again, not to get off topic here. They get a really weird like crankbait that looks like a um one of those rebel craws, except mm-hmm. it's got flapping crawl like hard plastic flapping crawl appendages on it for a, a tiny little crankbait. <laughs> they are the dumbest looking lure i've ever seen in my entire life they're like two bucks <laughs> and,
1: and they probably catch fish i was
3: gonna say and i bought one and i'll be damned if i didn't catch fish on it so
1: <laughs> <Yep>. that's awesome <laughs> that's like i saw i don't know what the lure is called again not to get too far off topic topic but it's a, it's a top water bait they look like uh like parakeets the oh ones it's that... uh,
3: the um, chase baits makes it yeah um, i can't remember the name of it but yeah
1: i had a video pop up the other day of a dude catching like a nine on one like, that thing's just walking its way out from under the trees. And, like, you don't even think it's a bass. It's so big when it comes up and smokes. And I thought it was, like, a catfish or something. Because it's not a, an American video. And then he just, like, pulls this thing up. And I was like, holy cow, maybe I should second-guess this thing. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, they have some weird name. They're, like, the, the bank robber or something. I can't remember what it's called, but something weird like that. And, uh, and you're right. They look just, like, straight up like a, a dog toy. Or something like it's literally it's a, a full blown bird.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. I don't think I've seen that.
1: I'll have to see if the it just ran across Facebook. If it it should pop up again, I'll send it to you. It's insane.
2: <laughs> see, you guys get all these cool ads. I, I heard you talk about uh, you guys talking about hog farmers and stuff. I'm like, I get stupid like
1: election results.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like what the heck, dude? I don't. I don't. I don't freaking follow any
1: of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well what's your go-to spinner bait brad
2: uh right now it's been the war eagle the finesse uh just because i like I, I i fish for smallmouth so I, I try to keep my baits more compact for them but
1: i i used those war eagle stuff forever and a, a buddy of mine got me on the terminator stuff the titanium series mm-hmm. and that's just been my they're expensive my god they're expensive but I don't know. They seem to last. The wire is pretty strong. And then they've got like little things that I like that are different about them. Like, it's got a spring in between the, the beads. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can see that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that does, but I haven't seen anybody else do it. So
4: mm.
2: Interesting. It's, just,
1: it's different, and the, the skirts, I don't know. They just feel like a little better quality. Yeah. I, I, I pick up too many baits, and like, wow, this skirt's garbage. And I don't know. I just... I really like these baits. I think I feel like it's a company that the bait's expensive, but you're actually getting some quality out of yeah. the money. Makes yep. sense. Uh,
3: you know, you know who makes sneaky good spinner baits too is like Booyah and Strike King. Both of them make fairly oh. solid spinner baits. I yeah. I've got
1: fifty Booyah spinner baits in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: because they always go on sale. But they're always the ones like on. Uh, Black Friday, or uh, you know, around Christmas or whatever, where it's like buy you know four for five dollars or something stupid, and then yep. the Bass Pro or wherever it is is stocked up on them for six months because they couldn't get rid of all of them. The, those are the ones that I have.
1: I can't remember if it was them or Strike King, but they like they introduced a crap load of new colors at the beginning of this year, or maybe it was last year. And I've got some like wicked different red and crawl combinations because I like throwing red spinnerbaits mm-hmm, and stuff like that and like, I've got a fire tiger one. I can't remember if it was booyah or, uh, but I, crazy color combos.
2: Let me ask you guys this. You guys talked about red. So, when is the right time to throw that?
1: Yes. Yes. All the time. <laughs> I, a lot of guys around here talk about how the crawls only molt red in the spring. Yeah. I can say that that's not true around here because you'll catch some of them red going into the fall. Hmm. Like, I can start to pull the red chatterbait back out this time of year. Like, I was actually playing with it last time I went fishing, throwing um, the Alabama craw colored trailers and stuff on, like, Texas rigs and stuff like that. And they were picking it back up. A buddy of mine was catching fish that looked like they had been eating craw. So Hmm. somebody told me, an old man told me once, I've never, like, fact-checked it. He said that certain parts of the country that the craws will molt twice that color, twice Hmm. in the year.
3: Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when it's natural for the obviously spring, but I don't know if we naturally have them go through red again. But I mean, obviously spring is around here is what I think of of red. But again, you're right. Fall, I've caught like really early summer. I've done really well on red sometimes too. So, Mm. but basically once I see that pre-spawn start to heat up, I'm throwing like red spinner baits. I'm throwing red square bills. I'm throwing red jigs, throwing red, everything black and red jigs in the spring. Oh boy.
2: Mm. You know what? You know what comes to mind is uh, Jigmasters, that hot sauce.
3: Yes, like something yeah. like that. Yeah, I have one that I, I used to make. that was basically like I called it like a black cherry color, basically, but same thing. Yeah, it's like just black and red springtime or uh, sneaky time too. any time where it's like if you're thinking, at least I do, whenever I think that there's like dirty water, and I think fish are getting pressured on black and blue and they mm-hmm. just need to see something a little different. I'll keep a black and red in there, too.
1: That makes sense. Thing. I was hoping I I think I gave them all to Ryan and Sean. We've got a local guy here that makes some pretty wicked chatterbaits. And we got him to do white head, like fire engine red trailers with hmm. black blades. And that'd be sick. It's probably just because it's not been thrown, but the first two years me and my buddy Greg were running them, those things were just murdering fish. And then uh we got him to make us bubblegum pink with black blade. <laughs> and that, that again, probably just muddy water right there. Oh man, yeah, just
3: something different. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. He made it he made a handful of them for us. I gave uh, Ryan and Sean some of the red ones, but the pink ones, um, those are mine. Yeah, <laughs> i'm keeping that juice. You guys, um, uh,
2: have you guys seen how some spinnerbait companies they, you know, how they make the R bend in the wire? Do you mm-hmm. have you seen them making them where they're twisting them? I haven't seen
1: those in a while. I think one of the ones I've got right here is twisted. I could be wrong. No, it's I wish they would.
2: I wish they'd do it more often. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because what I end up doing usually is I end up putting like either an o ring or I used to even do like, um, know, it's kind of embarrassing, but like the, the trash bag ties, you know, like those, mm-hmm. those little bread ties or something. I used to tie one of those around that and then snip it and cut it because I'm lazy and I use a snap all the time. And you can't obviously, yeah, you can't obviously throw a yeah. snap on an R bend spinnerbait. You're going to have a bad time. It's going to start yeah. sliding all over the place. So I used to use those little like bread ties and I used to basically just make a loop up there so that I could attach my snap.
1: <laughs> That's uh, something I don't really care for their spinnerbait, but the, the Guggen bait spinnerbait comes with a really tight band around the, the R bend and... I haven't had one pop off or slip down or roll or anything like that. It, I, I feel like a lot more companies, like you're saying a lot more companies should do a twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not going to do a twist, I think it, cause I don't care what you tied on braid slides down, mono, mm-hmm. flera, they all end up sliding. That little band doesn't cost anything. And like, yeah. I mean that when I opened that first one up and saw that, I was like, why is no one else doing this? Right? Like... Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh... Completely agree. It drives me nuts at times, but it is what it is.
1: Yep. Well, but, after this podcast, they'll know. Yeah. They're listening to us.
2: <laughs> yeah. He he mentioned using a snap, man. I Ryan actually got me onto using a snap with the uh, Rico. Because I, I switched from Rico to Joshi off of that same rod, and it's like, oh, that's nice.
3: I'm basically just in the camp where it's like, I don't think it makes a difference for like line shyness or for fish caring about it because anything I'm, you're throwing a net rig like as finesse as it gets there's still a shiny silver hook sticking out of that worm so i don't think mm-hmm. that like tiny little extra piece of metal is going to do anything to that fish to shy it away i'm just lazy dude i hate retying so I much do too. It's, and because i do so much like and you do too I, everybody does where it's like you're either waiting if you're waiting you have to use a snap like i have four or five lures in my pockets and I just, you know, you're in the water. You don't have to go to the shore and set your rod down. You just go ahead and snap it on. But in kayaks and stuff like that, it's like, I just don't want to take the time to fumble around and retie. And I'll, yeah. you know, if it means that, uh, you know, you have uh, every once in a while you you break something off or something, but I still don't have that happen very often. I'm not catching, you know, 20-pound bass around here. Nothing's really breaking my snaps. <laughs> yeah. uh, fif- I think the only thing small I threw- mouth, They're not bending those out.
1: The only thing I throw snaps on is I do snap barrel swivel combo on Walker Plopper when I do throw it so it doesn't roll, and then uh, God got me throwing snaps on S waivers and an A rig, and that's because I'm real fast to put the A rig up and want to use that rod for something else. Yeah, that's that's been working. Gerald Swindle said it best: that fish didn't get bothered by that other 200 foot of line. I don't think it's going to get bothered by that last one inch. So nope <laughs> ever he's since right. I saw that video, of him saying that when he was tying the f g knot, I have cared like I don't care about cutting off the tag end as far. I don't mm. care what's in front of that bait, like he's right, they don't care at that point.
3: no, nope. yeah. we give them way too much credit a lot of times. I mean they're hitting like I don't know even' like and in day, it's like, not, they're definitely they're just, not going to be small EW, mouth yeah, like there's a five odd e w g hook sticking out of your your bait that doesn't look natural there's you know two giant uh you know three odd treble hooks sticking off your bait that doesn't look natural why are we so worried about like something this big when you just have stuff on that bait that is clearly should be a red flag to that fish but we just kind of write it off and like no it's supposed to be on that bait that's how the bait is It's
4: like
2: yeah. we give them
3: way too much credit they have brains of this size
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep that and they'll they'll bite the same lure twice if you if they miss it the first time
3: <laughs> have you have you guys ever caught the same fish twice
2: I uh seen. i did last year actually same spot on the river right. I
1: caught this I caught the same gardener twice garden same garden. like garter. garden bed
2: oh oh okay. I got gotcha. you that's cool, yeah, that's cool.
1: How did that go like uh ran a buzz bait through some fry, they freaked out, and I knew I was about to get hit. He hit, you know, took him off threw him back in, was just sitting talking to my buddy casually, and uh. I don't even think I backed up off the spot. I just threw back in there for a split. He hit again. And like, I almost put the hook in the same spot. That's but like, it, I mean, it wasn't though, like a, it was like a 13 inch male, but it was just like, I was just sitting there laughing with my buddy. I was like, I, I'm pretty positive. This is the same fish. And then I like, <laughs> I took like a little goofy picture, holding it up. And I looked at the picture. I was like, this is the same fish. Like <laughs> It's like, this dude's doing his job.
3: <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He's, all-star garter
1: (laughs) yeah he's he's over there in the big bass side of gunnersville so i appreciate you fellow. let them bad boys grow (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh,
2: same same uh same kind of concept with me i was fishing the spot on the river one week i caught the fish took a picture went back the next weekend caught the same fish and the reason why i knew it was because it was the same size and it had melanosis spots on this fish i'm like that's cool I had to compare the two fish. I'm like, it's the same fish. This is weird. Exact <laughs> same spot too. Hey, catch and release at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, you guys want to get into some buzz baits? Sure. What's your favorite buzz bait? Um... All of
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad because I I'm never seeing... throw one. <laughs> What's up? I said that's sad for me to say because I don't ever throw them anymore.
2: Oh dude. Well I this one
1: up. this one right here that I showed you before we started, that triple yes. blade, this is what I call my finesse buzz bait. I get the I think it's a quarter. It's the smallest mm-hmm. one they make other than like the crappie one. I was about and to say
2: that's not the smallest one they make.
1: No, no, no. But uh in the in this ver uh version it's the lightest one they make. And I have chartreuse white and black and mm-hmm. I don't know, in the springtime, it just seems to work. I've never caught anything big on it, but if I'm just trying to get bites off the bank, because you can creep this thing so slow, because mm-hmm. it's got the the flat bottom on the head, and then it's just, I mean, this thing doesn't weigh anything, and this, it's just like corrugated tin, it feels like, for mm-hmm. blades, and it, it it's got a totally different sound. It's not, it's more of like a, the sound like a whopper plopper makes the Mm -hmm. more of a gurgle than a a chatter.
2: Yeah. It's not as high
1: pitched. Right. And it just, it gets a really good bubble trail too. And, uh, only thing I don't like about them after you catch a few fish, the, the little collar in the, in the prop itself, I've, I've had them, they'll start to get loose. Mm -hmm. And when they get loose, it'll start hanging the blade up at the front and it won't spin. But I mean, these things are like three or four bucks, maybe. Yeah, so, cheap, yeah. Like yeah. Three bucks. yeah. I mean, the, the hook is super sharp and it's actually decently thick to be like the, the hook is thicker than the wire, which mm-hmm. obviously in a lot of spinnerbaits and stuff like that, you'll have that for heavy cover, but a, a bait of this size, it's kind of crazy to me. It's light wire for the, you know, the, uh, propeller and everything, but the, the hook is, it's pretty heavy, but it's, yeah. I, I I love these. i picked it up because i remember watching a tactical bassin video he was throwing like four blade buzz baits and i was like geez that sounds ridiculous and then i happened to see these cheap three blade and like sure enough like second or third cast first time i ever used one dude crazy blow up and was like okay i've just i've had success with it since then for real Mm -hmm.
3: yeah it kind of goes against your instincts too where you look at like you know the two blade things and then you go up to the three and you're thinking oh the the three is probably like you said that's got to be insane and a four is insane but like the more blades you get on it the more finesse it gets because yep. there's less time for that next blade right. to hit the water so it, it almost just becomes a finesse it's just bulkier but it's finesse. do you ever crimp the uh the little rivet in there to make it squeak i haven't dude if you take like uh, little pliers that little crimp that's right above the blade yeah if you kind of flatten that a lot of times on most of them, it'll get it to kind of squeak, which I know you said you liked.
2: Huh. I like squeaky.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually using those same buzz baits, but it's funny you mentioned the uh, fin- uh, fin- uh, the three blade, three blade being a finesse type bait. I've always had that in my mind. Um, I use the eighth ounce, though. I think what Jimmy's using is the quarter ounce. But the eighth ounce, I- I- I've talked to Bailey from Serious Angler about this. He thinks I'm crazy. I'll use that buzzbait and I'll uh, put it on a medium light rod just just for fun, catching a smallmouth on a medium light rod and the buzzbait yep. that size
1: is so much fun. I'm gonna have uh, to yep. look them up because I thought these were the smallest, but if there's an eighth, I definitely want to try it. Yeah, there's an eighth because I yeah. just I went for like the super smallest one they had.
3: They make some that like again I don't I don't know how long it is, but it's literally like two and like a half inches long like it's it's mm-hmm. probably like that long and I get those in white and I rip off the um, skirt on them and I put like a three inch like either a Kalins or a Mr. Twister or something mm. on the back and in the rivers holy moly it's just something about like you've got the you know the buzzbait action you want but you've got that kind of just slim down curly tail profile that smallies just love and I go all white and it just gets murdered so that's one of <laughs> yeah, my dude. favorite things I, just, I don't know if it's a real thing, I just call it a buzz grub and dude the same thing though. I'll throw it on like a medium light and you'll just throw it in these like tiny little eddies and stuff like that and just get. Murky. Yep.
2: Yeah. I've been using that little thing for years and it's like nobody else uses them. And then yeah. I saw your post with it and I was just like, Holy <laughs> crap. Somebody else is using them. This is weird. That's awesome. Um, the other buzz
3: bait that I really, really, really like are the Booyak clacking buzz baits. The like mm-hmm. three eighths ounce, Either just all black or all white. They're like three fifty four bucks, something like that. They're really inexpensive. I love just a black clacking, like loud as hell buzzbait, especially like spring and late fall. So, like honestly, right now, throw that mm-hmm. shit up shallow. I'm sorry, just throw that up shallow, and uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're good. Uh, Jay, um... J- J- man, he he slips up all the time, so it's all good. <laughs>
3: But yeah, you throw that up shallow in the, you know, the evening, especially late fall. And I mean, you just get blown up like crazy. And I just love that, that clack. I didn't have a lot of confidence in it at first because I thought it sounded stupid. And, you know, I, I I thought it would maybe scare some stuff away and be a little shy of it. But when you do get blown up a lot of times, at least I think if it's more obnoxious, you get a little bit higher quality fish sometimes. So I love mm. those clacking both days.
1: I've got a couple here that I bet. Well, I say I bet. I know I haven't seen them in a long time. And I'm wondering if y'all have ever seen them. The first one is a double inline spinnerbait, or buzzbait.
6: And this one
1: actually swims with the hook sideways. So it's got a fish head that's profiled to swim that way. But this thing will, like, takes zero effort to get on top of the water. And this is probably the only buzzbait I ever run a trailer on. Mm -hmm. Like, when I would use this, I would put a little bitty grub just big enough to get off the back of the hook because of the, you know, the fish head on it. And they they spin opposite of each other. It creates a ridiculous wake. It I mean it's throwing spray like I cannot remember where I got these. I think it was a local in Birmingham that was making them, and uh, for like two bucks or something like that. Like I don't know how he was making this kind of quality so cheap, but this is the last one I have, and I won't throw it anymore because I I've, I can't I've find seen them.
3: Things that, I've seen things that look like that before. I've never seen obviously that exact one, but that's so cool. It's can you hold that up? It's like a, because you're right. It probably does spin opposite of each other. That's kind of like the, the hmm. theory of like a like a musky double cowgirl or something. It's like the equivalent right. of you know where they're just playing off of each other and going back and forth. Right. That's hmm. interesting.
1: Yeah, that that one. And then here's another one. I I'm sure most people haven't seen. An old man got me on these. So for people watching on YouTube. <laughs> what. <laughs> So for people not watching, this is a, I think it was a 14 inch, single blade, half inch head. It's red and white with a blood red hook. So I thought these were ridiculous. Yeah. And then a buddy of mine, bass boat guy, said his favorite thing to do in the mornings and the evenings was find a deep bluff wall. And he would nose his boat into the bluff wall. And he will throw this thing as far as he can and just run it right up against the bluff wall. And sure enough, I did that the like week after he told me that, and we caught fish. We probably caught 10 or 20 fish that morning, 10 or 20 fish that evening. And That's because crazy. the blade's so far back and the commotion's so much further away than all the profile, I've never had a strike and miss. Like it's mm-hmm. not as aggressive as like a, a regular topwater blow-up, mm-hmm. but they will just drag this thing down, like it's insane. I haven't seen these anymore. It
3: looks like a dipstick.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and (laughs) this is too, man. This thing is not the longest one. There's one like four inches longer than this. Man, it's just crazy. It's like 14 inches. How how much does it weigh? It's a half ounce model, and honestly, like the buzz toad probably has two of these. Like, I need to if you know if we if I get up there and fish, I'm gonna bring this. I want you to check it out. Like this thing weighs nothing. And it's so easy to run. Hmm.
3: So, how thick is that wire?
1: Uh, it's no it's thicker.
3: Like a, like a fifty-two or something, because like that. I mean, I just picture that bending out.
1: And yeah. I, you know, I, I've used this one tons of times, and you can see it's uh, super flexy. Oh, okay. But I've never yeah. like you can actually feel it. So down here, it feels softer, and then through here, it's got a lot more stiffness. But it's all one wire, so I have no clue how they do that
3: so it looks like yeah it looks like it's it's made to have that play in it then because right. you're right if he if he was just trying to make a thick wire that wouldn't bend at all it'd, it'd be terrible because as soon as it bends the first time it's never going to be back the same so right. it looks like he did it right where it's got play in it
1: yeah and these I mean I I love these things again I don't throw this one because it's the last one I have if, but if I ever I need to go to some of them old tackle shops down there in, in Birmingham you know central Alabama see if I can find a few more of these
3: oh. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait a
2: few years, man. Wait a few years; they'll come back around.
1: Yeah, I need to get a throw in it since it's not in style right now. Start yeah. <laughs> catching some fish. <laughs> so you did? Did you share what your favorite bait was, Andrew?
3: Or uh, buzz
2: bait? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with booyah. I'm-
0: Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish; it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
3: I just have so much confidence in it. It's inexpensive. I, I love them so much. But again, buzzbaits buzzbaits are one of those things i think probably a buzzbait is a buzzbait as long as it's got a good hook on it as yeah. long as it's you know staying on top of the water water do what you want it to do you can't really mess them up too bad unless they just have like the worst wire in the world that you know they can't hold up to the abuse that the fish are putting on them or you know they have hooks that rust out too easy but other than that i mean i don't think i've ever met a buzzbait i didn't like
1: yeah well, really like that's why i said what i said when you asked all of them like yeah. I, I like the clackers i like them that squeak i like them that are quiet I like two blades. I've actually got one. Dang, I should have got it out. Have you ever seen the one that's double yeah. on the horizontal plane? A buddy yeah. of mine told me I was stupid for buying that thing because it's like this big. He's like, he's like, that just catches the fisherman. And I threw that thing on a log out in the middle of the river. And now the fish was smaller than the buzzbait. But it caught a <laughs> fish.
2: There so you it go. Works. <laughs>
1: that's awesome.
2: <laughs> um, moving on to... Uh... Trailers or jig? Yeah, trailers and jigs. Let's talk about both of those.
1: Before we get off that, I know you had said something about it before. Did you want to talk? Because I know you like the Buzz Toad.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Buzz Toad. I, I've never actually thrown it.
1: But I've oh, seen okay.
2: videos of Chad Hoover throwing it on the river down in Tennessee. I, I think he was on the Holson River. Um, but, yeah, he, he was killing
1: smallies with that thing. I, I've never caught a fish on, like, the actual, like, this is the one you buy in the package. It comes like mm-hmm. this. I don't really like this one as much as I thought because of the thick lead head on it, but I have taken other buzz baits, actually some of those cheap Academy ones and I'll rip the skirt and put the, the buzz toad on it. And I've caught fish on those. I don't know. There's too much I could say could be different. I mean, the noise could be different, the profile and all of that stuff, but I still, I still get this one out occasionally to give it a, give it a swing. I just haven't hooked up on this one yet.
2: Yeah. I need to throw those. They look, it looks cool.
3: That's something I never throw. I don't, honestly don't know if I've ever thrown a buzz po- a buzz toad I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Not that I I mean it, it looks good. I don't I have no doubt that it works. It's just something I've never tried. Might have to yeah, do it this
1: year. Same here. I I'll tell you. I won't speak it on the podcast because this is something I'm I've used that worked and I don't want to tell anybody yet. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you after the show if something don't I've blame been putting you. on buzz baits. <laughs> yeah. well, who is it that uh,
2: is putting Kytex on Buzzbaits? It's some professional out there. I can't remember who it is. I've put the small ones on the, the little one. but Well, they they take the skirt off, and they just put a fat swing impact on it. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I yeah, I want to say it's Jacob Wheeler. But I don't know if that's right. I
1: feel like that Buzzbait's going to make all sorts of, like... Like, because... You throw it on a light enough buzzbait, it's gonna. I mean, the swing, the the fat swing impacts, they thump hard. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna give it some. I wonder who that is because I thought he throws the toads on a lot. I heard.
2: I first heard it from Sam Jones, so it might be Jacob Wheeler. I wonder.
3: This year, this year, if Jacob Wheeler was doing it, then we all need to be doing it because he was doing something right this year.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that dude.
3: On fire
1: yeah he's he annoys me how good he is
3: and and that would suck too you have like you know a, a just insane career year in the year where half of your events get canceled yeah like dude you're dudes on a roll like can do no wrong and then but at take the away same time
1: the you're so thankful you cash checks when you did
4: <laughs>
3: yeah also true too yeah but you, you just have that kind of like what if in the back of your mind where he's like dude every event i'm in this year i'm doing well i'm you know top 10s galore all dude, what if you would have given him those other, whatever, three or four MLF events that they canceled and all that stuff he would Mm. have, my goodness gracious makes me want to throw up
1: Yeah, (laughs) it it was a definite turnaround year for him, because I know last year he had a couple events where he like, I don't remember what lake it was actually think it might have been like the first run at Table Rock or, no, I can't remember but like, he was leading day one and then he fell flat on his face on day two like, he was like 46 pounds and like, zero like, it just,
2: Dang. boom. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, jigs and trailers. Um, yeah, let's, let's go with Andrew. What's your uh, go-to j- jig and trailer?
3: So, jigs, uh, I started making my own, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And before, I, I never was really picky on jigs. I mean, as long as it's got the head shape that I really want, I'm not... I'm not going to, mm. you know, race back race about it. It's fine. Um, but I started making my own, and I slowly realized how bad a lot of the jigs that I had been using were. When you can actually start making your own, you can put your own hooks in there. You can put your own powder paint that's cured right and done right. You know, when you are tying your own skirts, it's like you just – it spoils you. And then you go back, and then you pick up, like, a you know, a Strike King Hack Attack jig or something. or you know, a Bitsy Bug jig off the, the shelf, and you look at it, and you're like, dude, I can do – Twice as well, like with half the price. So, when you start making your own, I think you spoil yourself a little bit. But I'm glad I did because now any color that I want, any you know head design that I want, I can melt my own lead, all that kind of stuff. I can put the hooks that I want in them, um, and I, I enjoy doing that. So I've actually made my own jigs for about the past, like I said, I think maybe one to two years, probably now. Um, mm-hmm. As far as trailers go, it depends on what time of year and what I'm trying to do. If it's when the fish are really active, then obviously it's tough to beat like, you know, a rage crawl on the back or something that's got a lot of flap. Um, mm. One of the most underrated jig trailers in the world, I think, is a, a Havoc Pit Boss. I think just for they're like two ninety nine a pack. You can get them at Walmart. I love. You get the four inch one. Don't get the three inch one if you want. You know, to use it as a trailer, get the four inch and cut about a half inch or an inch off that because those four inches flaps so much different than the three. Mm. So. I think I think a 4-inch pit boss is tough to beat um, especially for the price and then I really like net bait packa chunks. I mean oh, yeah. just yeah I mean they're again <laughs> inex, inexpensive I'm I'm a dude that hates to overpay for things but they have just enough motion that they're a nice kind of in between to like a mm. rage crawl or just like a you know one of those dead chunks from whoever you want to get it from Zoom or something they're like they're a really nice medium so those are the ones I'm usually throwing.
1: The the pocket chunk, the pocket crawl, the Papa crawl... Yeah. They haven't changed those in, like, 20 years. They rebranded the packaging, but mm. those, man, that's all you I afford. You don't need to change them.
4: They're
3: so no.
1: good. No, no. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I don't throw them anymore, and it's, I don't know. I still, like, I'll go to the store, I'll pick up a pack, and it's like I recollect all the memories with it, and then I just put it back, like, see you, old friend. <laughs> but, like, I've got, you know, as much controversy as there is with the brand. Um the Guggenbait bait crack and crawl. So, and it, it goes with what jig I'm using. So there's a local here that may, uh, it's called spanker jigs. And I've been throwing a lot of his stuff and I like a finesse. I don't know if I'll be able to get it. This is a finesse round ball head jig mm-hmm. with a hand tied skirt. Yeah. And I don't know what hooks he's using. Um, I've never straightened one out. Uh, like for instance, this is the same jig, but like three years old, like I've beat the color off of it. It's hmm. losing the skirt, but w- when you, with a vertical line tie, it almost sits up like a Nedrig would,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and with the uh, the Guggen crack and craw on it, it, like you said, I usually cut like half an inch of it off, and it just stands up, and their their claws, are like, like fishing and current, the claws have the tendency to just sit up like this, and it just, it's been like I'm I'm not like a, a big push on all of their stuff, mm-hmm. but like and it could just be because it's not you know, just like with any new bait, it's not been seen by the fish. But the the Guggen Kraken craw has been my go to craw this year because it you know, it'll do the same thing on a Texas rig. You know, I'll turn it you know, uh horizontal on a or I guess mm-hmm. this would be vertical, inline on a jackhammer. I've heard guys doing that. Dude, I'm telling you, I have stopped throwing swim baits on chatter baits. Look, yeah. I, I watched, uh, what in Tyler Reese? I can't remember. It's the guy with the big beard YouTuber. Uh, that doesn't narrow that down at all. But uh, uh, God, I can't remember. He, like, he throws a Thunder Cricket in certain color, certain time of the year, with a crawl one way, and then a Jackhammer in other colors with a crawl the other way. And I, I watched his video on that. So I, you know, I grabbed a couple of them and tried it. And I had one day or I just, I'm just murdered with, a, it was a, it was actually on the fire crawl. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have one hooked up. I don't, but fire jack jackhammer with a black and blue crack and crawl. You better I hide
2: was, that dude. That thing's gold right now. Hey, I got about yeah. eight
1: of these. <laughs> I'll send you my Venmo. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: 60 bucks a piece. That's right. I'll even well, sell you this one that ain't got paint on it no more. Oh, <laughs> I, I was going to mention,
2: uh, Andrew, I thought your favorite uh, jig trailer was the Bendito bug.
3: Mm, <laughs> negative, <laughs> negative. Ghost Rider.
1: That's what I was, I was telling Brad. I listened today. to your episode today. Dude, <laughs> Dude yeah, so I, did I. I got
3: so much crap. Oh, my gosh. People just hopped in. I was like, I knew it was going to happen. But, again, I feel like if you're going to have that conversation because so many people love them, it's like, dude, I'm not saying that it doesn't work. I'm not saying that it's not a good bait. I'm just saying that like the hype is way up here and mm. there are other creature baits out there that do basically the exact same thing and were around before them and are, are a little bit cheaper. It's like, it's all I'm trying to say. Don't shoot me. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the um, you mentioned uh, some crawls that you like too. And one of the things that I've, I've kind of put some people on a little bit recently is if I've had a lot of people like, they like the motion of like a rage crawl or a crack and crawl mm-hmm. or whatever. You've just got that really vigorous flap, but crack and crawl not so much. But rage crawl definitely is a fairly bulky crawl. Like it's it's not very streamlined. It's not very finesse. Right. Uh, if you're gonna put that on the back of like a smaller jig, then sometimes it just it, you know it, it gets a little wonky because you just have so much plastic on the back of it. Yeah, one of the things I've I've been using lately has been the Yum Christy crawl. Yeah, so I my- mean great they're streamlined they've still got that flap that you want they're they're great they're cheap i've i've been using them a lot i probably have seven or eight packs in the garage right now
1: something a buddy of mine got me on and it's so i alternate so if if they're keying on the bigger profile i use the the googan crack and crawl but when it seems like they want it slimmer i use the zoom ultra vibe speed crawl because it's those are great basically too. a thin profile it's got it's not as much kick but it's not just like a dead, you know, right. just barely flap. I don't know. These are super cheap because it's zoom. And mm-hmm. I don't know, these like, I like throwing them on my flipping jigs, which this one, I didn't cut this one down. Apparently it's like way too long,
4: mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, I usually go this route in smallmouth water. Like when I'm up here fishing, moving current, I usually throw, uh, it, that's a, I think this is a quarter, maybe lighter, of that Spanker finesse jig with that crawl. I mean, it's a almost perfect color. And that just, that worked for me. The Alabama crawl color just hammered smallmouth for me this year.
3: That's a good point. Like, if you're going for smallmouth, that slimmer profile crawl is a big deal. It's like you probably don't want to be going out and throwing a, full size rage crawl around like you need something like that speed crawl or you need something like a Christie mm-hmm. crawl or something that's just got a lot slimmer profile you can still have that action you want you just don't need that right. like bulk on it yeah that's i've
1: actually never
2: thrown a jig
1: for smallmouth. so i i last year and actually i think i talked about it on the bass Fishing for noob segment like i just had one like i was all into the texas rig just because like like i said last night. You know, a lot of guys will throw a shaky head and they'll be getting bit. Mm-hmm. I don't have confidence in that. I'll throw a Texas rig with a worm and I can make that work right beside you. Um, but I going into the off season, year before last, I was like, I'm going to pick up a jig and I'm going to figure it out. Like I've thrown footballs. I like footballs if I'm in like a lot of rock, but mm-hmm. yeah. you usually won't catch me throw one anywhere else. I know a lot of guys that like flipping football jigs and stuff like that. I will not do that. Um I throw swim jigs. Obviously, most people, if you throw jigs, you'll throw swim jigs. But I, after that, I don't get into the, you know, pitching and skipping and flipping and this head and that head. These I I ran into these because they're like two for six or seven bucks, and like I literally have I don't bend the hooks out, not had the wire guard come off, haven't lost skirts off these. Um, you know, it's a local guy. He keeps the little gas station up here stocked up with them Hmm. and you know i started throwing it because i have them in like three eighths and quarter i think i've got some in uh like half and i just like i I wouldn't let myself pick the texas rig back up until i had figured out how to throw that jig and it there and there's days now where like i've explained that before too if you know the texas rig bites like meh Mm -hmm. I'll pick the jig up, and it must be that just the skirt they they want that more profile,
4: mm-hmm. and then
1: there's days like I was saying with this, like how I kind of figured out the smaller one was working better for small mouth is I was getting like little pickups and just little hits or the bite were just small fish, and then you know i I stopped and thought about it I was like well, you know, small mouth, obviously maybe keying in on something small would help, and
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know had
1: a lights out day when I did that.
3: Is that a ballhead jig you got,
1: yeah, oh yeah there's
3: there's just something about ball head jig for smallmouth because I think the majority of the time when you're fishing for smallmouth, you're just letting that, like, come through current and rock, and you're not really flipping into laydowns. You're not flipping grass edges, things like that. You don't need those, like, specialized heads a no. lot of times. You just need kind of, like, an all-around head that can just kind of go with the current and kind of just hop over Dude, rock same. after rock after rock. Yeah, and a ball head jig does that. One of my favorite ones that I used to use before I started making mine were, um, oh, who made it? Bait Buffet? I think mm-hmm. is the name of it. Yeah, they're out of I think like Illinois or Indiana or something. Same thing. It looks very similar to what mm-hmm. you were holding up. Where it's just like a a nice finesse, well made ball head jig. Like that's all you need.
1: Yeah. No. That I, I literally have. Like I've got two thirty seven hundred boxes in there, and I can't say out loud because I think my wife's still in there. How much is <laughs> in jigs in those boxes? <laughs> and uh, now, and I, some of them I got cheap. I got lucky uh, two years ago at a tackle swap. We do a local tackle swap at a high school and help donate money to the high school fishing team every year. And a uh, couple kids that tie jigs showed up, and he had these boxes laying out. And I was like, "How much?" And he was like, "Like a dollar a jig." I just was like, "I'll take the whole box."
4: <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go. I'll
1: tell you, somebody that makes a good one. Well, I don't say great one. They they could improve on one thing. Bass Pro Shop started doing finesse ballhead tungsten jigs,
4: mm-hmm. and
1: that thing. I was catching so many fish on that beginning of this year, but the third time you catch a fish, that thing will straighten the hook out because the hook is I was garbage. about to say. It is garbage. Is
3: it is the <laughs> second worst hook on the market behind the Z-Man shroom heads.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. They're you're so have to... bad. But I,
3: dude, I was so excited when they had tungsten uh, mini jigs coming oh, out. and they're like dude, $3. They all, yeah, they're not that expensive either. And then you're right. You pay for it in the, the hook. So you have two to three fish or if you get hung up once good. it's Jake. gone
1: yeah, yeah no
3: well you'll probably get it back but the hook will be like this instead of this
1: yeah no like i i tried to force it because it was just working so well when i got them i was like well i'll just buy more of them and then like the second time i did that i was like dude it's like it's cost me like 22 dollars a trip <laughs> like Jeez. i can't do this <laughs> and it wouldn't even be a big fish like yeah. you'd have a 15 smoke it you know, sideways or something like that. You wouldn't even really horse the fish in. You'd pop it out of its mouth and you'd notice that the hook tip was up. Yep. The next fish, the hook tips up further. And I was just like, <laughs> I got one. I still got it hanging in there. I've straightened the hook on it. Probably or like not straightened, but recurved it probably 15 times. I just want to see it pop off. Like yeah. eventually it's, it's going to break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do that with all
2: my Ned rig heads. Uh, they'll straighten out and I'll just bend them right back. i know it's
3: like it's it's not that hard to use decent hooks it's like Mustad makes fantastic hooks Mm -hmm. to use for you know like making your own tackle and stuff like that if anybody's interested in making their own jigs look at like the Mustad ultra points and Mm -hmm. use those in your own jigs once and then you're gonna say why the hell are other people's jigs (laughs) have such bad hooks yeah these are like some of the cheapest ones on the market and they're stout they're sharp as heck they're good they last it's like why can't everybody just use quality hooks i want to
1: get into my own jigs so bad but i do not need that'll become it's a hobby in itself and i just i don't have time for that right now i have a buddy that just started making his jigs and stuff and like he's making some really nice stuff and he was like yeah man i'll give you the he gets a deal on the molds and stuff like that and i was like no just 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 make me some like i trust you (laughs) Well,
3: (laughs) well like you you can even go midway through if you want like if, if you're, I, there's some people that are just like really skeeved out about like melting their own lead and mm-hmm. all the fumes and stuff like that that come with, and they don't have the right area and, you know, uh, ventilation and stuff like that. You can go online, you can find people that make like really, really nice unpainted, no uh weed guard in it yet, no skirt, just like the hook with the lead on it. And then you go from there. There's a website called, it's called like Cybert Outdoors. Um He's out of Missouri somewhere. And he does that where he can mm. he basically sell you a jig. It's got the Mustad Ultra points in it. And he makes a couple different styles. He has one called a Sniper jig that's really, really nice. They're like, I don't know, 70 cents each or something. Uh, and they're unpainted. Mm. And then you get them and you just, you know, you, you paint it yourself. You drill it out. You glue in your brush guard. You do the uh, skirt and everything like that. You don't have to worry about the melting pot and your lead mm. and stuff like that. So if somebody wants to, like, make their own jig but not dive that hard into it, you can make really, really nice jigs without actually melting your own lead, and I think what you could probably do that with skirt and everything included for like dollar fifty, dollar seventy five a jig, and make a jig that's, that's, that's twice what you're going to get at Walmart.
1: Yeah, we, we all got to aim to be like Russ Snyder and just make all of our own stuff. Yeah, and he makes wouldn't that own, be nice? <laughs> his spinners and buzz and
2: does he make everything?
1: I, he makes most of it. I, I want to wow. say, and I could be wrong. Adam will hear this and let me know if i am i'm pretty sure that he was making chatter baits for himself and he was making them to the point that uh i think he got one of those letters from from z-man really cease cease and desist (laughs) yeah
2: interesting because i remember
1: him on one of our podcasts he was talking about his bait and he was like yeah i've got about 20 of them left but after that like he has to go to make them a different way or something like that i don't know all the details. I just. I remember that. I think he makes all of his own spinner baits and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So what I know from Z-Man is I think they have a patent on attaching of the the hex blade being attached to the jig head without like a split ring or something in the middle. So that's how yeah. you see a lot of these get away with it. It's like Thunder Crickets and stuff like that where they have some sort of little buffer in there where they've got some little O-ring or something that goes in the middle of it. I think Z-Man is the only one that's technically allowed to like have that that hex blade already in there without a coupling it could be wrong but i think that's where they get a lot of people
1: interesting that's why you just make it for yourself and don't let anyone know
2: exactly <laughs> i was gonna go back to your uh, ball head jig dude if you if you see any at the store pick them up and i'll give you money
0: hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain your feet are carrying the load Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge at Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out midwayusa.com Someone what are you
2: yeah. Thank you you
1: there.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some good ones. I don't know anybody locally that makes ball heads that I know around here. I don't think. Like I said, I used to buy them from Bait Buffet. They were like,
4: mm-hmm. I don't know,
3: three ninety nine or something. They were solid, but you know, there's a lot of really good smaller jig companies out there that that are making good stuff too. That I wish people would look more into. I'll yeah. send.
1: I need to send you all some of these because I mean they're not really that expensive, and like I usually just grab a few of them when I'm in. Like every time I go to that gas station. I just go grab, I mean, he's got some killer colors, and he does, he's got flipping jigs and skipping jigs and all sorts of stuff. He's got yeah. heavy cover swim bait, or swim jigs, you know, light wire swim jigs, but uh, I'll have to send you a picture of his little wall he has, and if you see some that'd colors you like, I'll pick them up and send them to you.
2: Sweet, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I just got into fishing jigs this year. I, I don't fish lakes much or anything, so... Uh what I've been throwing is the jigmaster jig with a uh mm-hmm. um cheer crawl.
1: Yep. And that's it. Cody Just keeping some, it simple.
3: Cody makes some good stuff.
1: Yeah, he, he's awesome. He's a cool guy. Yeah. He I did not know that he was messing with marabou hair. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he makes marabou drop shot hooks.
3: Yes he
4: does. Mm.
1: And I had like a mild freak out when I saw those <laughs> he, he brought a whole bunch of stuff to the meetup. A giveaway and he was like, Y'all can look through there and grab a couple things. And I just it, you know, first glance, I was like, Wow, marabou hair in a package. And then I was like, Wait a minute, I saw a little shiny something, and I saw There's that little bitty on number there. one hook, and I was like, Ooh. And then the guy that got yeah. big fish in our tournament, he's uh from out uh out west out in California, and he loves throwing you know marabou stuff, and he won some of those in the big bass thing and he immediately like we were literally sitting there eating dinner at the restaurant he tied them on went outside and was like he lost one he's like but i caught a fish on it he's like i need to order about 50 of these things (laughs) but they're so nice man they look so real like if for people that are listening that may not ever heard of like marabou hair jigs Mm -hmm. um most of the southern guys you don't hear a lot about that and then the ones that do it don't talk about it but it's Honestly, the most natural thing you'll see in the water because the hair just moves so fluid. And it's and it, also
3: the worst looking thing when it comes out of the water.
1: When it dries,
4: <laughs>
1: it <looks so> <laughs> in my, I've got a black one tied on right now in my in the paddle and fin trailer, and it looks like an afro, just yeah, like, or something that got hit by the lightning. Like, yeah. it's so it's funny.
3: It's either that, or it looks like like a like a dead rat or something when it comes out of the water. Like I I I have a lot of uh, uh Marabou musky lures that I yeah. use, and so like you're talking a when it comes out of the package, it looks beautiful. You're like, this is the coolest looking bait ever. You throw it a couple times in the water, it looks insanely cool, and then you pull it out, and it looks like somebody like drowned a guinea pig or something, and like that's <laughs> what it is. And
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> they will it's never it. look as good as they do the first time you take when you take it out of the package. It's like they've straightened the hair. And you're like, Oh, it's so beautiful! And like he said, like I was just motoring from spot to spot, and the wind dried it, and I just had this white puffy ball on the front of the kayak. It, it, well, it's I, uh, like
2: your, it's like your wife doing her hair, and then walking outside in the humidity, right?
3: <laughs> when uh, when I caught my first musky, it was on a musky marabou, and I decided like I wanted to keep that lure, and I wanted to like display it, and I had a a, a shadow box instead with a picture of the musky, and I went to put the lure in there and i like put it in there and again it's just this like matted gross giant marabou thing i was like i can't display that so i went in the bathroom and i got it wet and i took my wife's hair dryer and i started like hair drying it to make it look good and she walked in and she's like what are you doing i said don't don't worry about it it's like yes. and said, turn around keep going <laughs> yes i'm hair drying a fishing lure leave me alone
2: <laughs> that's hilarious
4: it's awesome
1: but no, yeah, Cody Cody makes some good stuff. I, I've just started throwing some of his jigs. I've got one of them right here. And uh, I it, once I get hooked on a brand, it's hard for me to...
4: Yeah. I
1: Like, I'll throw this thing for 10 minutes. but like, nope, going back to my jig. I, I need to give it a little more time. Because they do feel like they're built real well.
2: I like the skirt material.
1: Yeah. So his skirt material and the spanker are very, very similar. Like I, I really will. I'll send you some of these. These are sweet. I don't know. I just man, these things are money for three bucks. Like Yeah. Speaking if you, of if you don't lose them, you'll they'll last forever.
3: Speaking of skirt material, uh Cody I saw started making living rubber jigs. Like round rubber, the old mm-hmm. school, like rubber that you go in the water, I mean that sucker just poofs up like a, a cush ball.
1: Like you're that's crazy. My, so, man, I should have got it out. The Buckeye Mop jig. Was mm-hmm. made with that, and uh, I actually watched a dude fishing in at a Bass Pro Shop tank in a seminar, and he would hop it off the bottom and stop and suspend, and that mop jig would get the size of a freaking baseball,
4: mm-hmm. and like
1: the fish wouldn't even be looking at it bouncing because that's what he was showing. He would bounce, bounce, bounce. He'd pull up and pause, and they would freak out when it just, you know, got <laughs> to full size. They would. Oh, sure.
2: Interesting yeah you want to make
3: somebody buy something you show them an underwater tank of living rubber and they will fork over their money right away (laughs) i did i walked right. it looks so good yeah (laughs) i need that
1: well man i gotta get that jig back out i forgot all about that until you said that i've got i've got three or four of them here somewhere
3: they're good. That's one of those things that used to be like really big, I think, back in the day, was round rubber and living rubber and mm-hmm. stuff. And then, again, like you said, Brad, earlier, it's like it falls out of, of favorability and then give it mm-hmm. time and it'll come back. You know it will. There's only, you know, and, until something brand new and revolutionary comes around, it's just a cycle of old and new and old and new. So,
4: yeah. yeah.
1: Before, before we get off, um, Do any of y'all throw uh, the wobblehead jigs? Like I see a lot of guys talk about doing that ledge fishing and stuff, the big, it's like a big jointed football head.
2: Oh, Z man makes one, right?
1: Probably. If I had to guess, I like the strike King one. Honestly, it's, it's just got a mean hook on it. And the, the joint doesn't ever like, I've seen them where they'll roll and the, you'll lose the pivot because it basically is two loops binding on each other. Mm -hmm. I haven't had that problem out of theirs. Um, I haven't thrown it that much. I did get some. um, I think it's called Funk Buster. He makes some Mm -hmm. uh, stuff. I have some of his and his. The one thing I like about his is his paint jobs on his stuff and his skirt, like the way he matches colors together. It's beautiful. Like I've got one in black and purple that I will not throw because it's just so pretty. Like it's Mm -hmm. literally hanging on my desk in there because it looks good.
2: (laughs) There you go
3: yeah i throw the um i think it's the striking tour grade ones it's probably the same one you're talking about where it's yeah. kind of got that that sort of uh triangular shaped head um, yeah yeah so that's the one that i throw too big ewg hook on the uh, back yeah, of it
1: huge I, EWG hook. like it's i think it's like I, a five off. like geez.
3: yeah i th- i throw those a lot of times where a lot of guys will throw a regular football jig so like your deep rocky points because we don't have like or at least not a lot of the lakes we have around here have like crazy ledges or anything like that. So that's the closest thing we have, but like Mm -hmm. go out to the tail end of those rock points, like where it really starts to give you that, that final sort of uh,
1: drop off and
3: bend down. Yeah. And I'll go out there and I'll just fish it and I'll fish them like across the point right at the very end of it. And I mean, it's so much fun because it is uh, the one thing I want is I want to be able to find like, I know it would be expensive as heck, but if you could find like a tungsten one, Holy moly.
1: Uh, they're, I want to say I've got one. I don't remember who makes it. It's now it's not like a three quarter. It's like a I think I it might not even be a half, but it it is a tungsten wobbling football head, and uh, you can I've thrown it like one time like one day, and like I don't know how your retrieve is when I throw those. You know I throw it out and I just creep it across the bottom and just I mean you just do 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 do, do. you feel like it feels like if you could imagine just like a ball coming down like a plinko like yeah that's what it feels (laughs) like it's just like smack 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 smack. it's hitting everything like you in my head you just hope the fish gets it because you never know like what position it's in Mm -hmm. but
3: that's that's a really good uh way to describe it because that's what you want to feel you want to feel that plinko just kind of the boing 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 back and forth back and forth you're right you have no idea if until it starts actually pulling, like, I have no idea if it's a bite or not, or if I just spray right. a, a boulder, and that's what you want, you're right, you want, and you don't want these, like, or at least I don't, I don't really, like, hop it over anything like that, I want it to dig into that rock, so I want to, like, feel to where I'm getting that tension where it feels like it's almost stuck on the other side of that rock I just want to keep pulling until it kind of grinds to the point where that resistance just pulls it over top that's usually when you're going to get hit I love throwing like football heads and wobble heads on rock points oh, I, and I was
1: just about to say like the bite just like you said it's not it, if even if it is aggressive you won't know it because it yeah. you're hitting so much stuff and then, like when I get like I'll be reeling it through rock when I feel like go back to mud like I just rip it out of there just you know come back and it's over with I, I heard i watched a tactical bassing video and that guy was talking about like start to finish bomb the cast all the way to the boat i haven't had luck doing that with those if if i'm not feeling good contact it's but that's me most fishing if i'm not feeling everything on the bottom i have zero confidence that's what mm-hmm. screwed me up when yep. i went to lacrosse when i went to lacrosse it was all sandy bottom and I oh, fished, yeah. I fished for that half day and was like, I am so screwed. Like, yep. <laughs> cause the, the water was stupid low and like all the cover I wanted to fish was just up the bank. And I just, I had, that was just a bad tournament for me, man. I had absolutely no confidence, no game plan. <laughs> it was so bad.
3: Yeah. And you, you made a good point too, where it's like, you, I don't know you almost don't know sometimes like that if you have a fish until your rod loads up like completely like that. (laughs) That's when uh, I was talking to, who was it? Um, Mikey Balls. And he was saying that like he uses moderate rods for a lot of that kind of stuff. Like he doesn't use that fast tip, like, you know, traditional uh, bass Mm -hmm. fishing knowledge says that you should do. He says he uses a lot of moderate rods because in that instance, he's like, I'm just waiting for my my rod to load up. Like that's how I know I have a fish. I'm not waiting for that. Like tick. I'm not waiting for that. You know that, that that bite or that strike that you can actually indicate. He's like, I'm waiting for that that rod bend to slowly kind of make that C shape, and you're like, all right, it's on.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've I've the one of the fish I've caught with it. Like I thought I'd wedged it in a rock because it like it loaded up, and I was like, oh, it stuck. it's stuck. Like, and then I was like, wait, no, it's swimming <laughs> another way. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, when you're throwing one of these three quarter or one ounce ones, that you're throwing it in somewhat deep water. That I mean, it's so heavy, like yeah. you really you don't know until it starts giving you something back like
3: and that's that's a a plus i think for like a wobble head versus a big thick like football head jig is if you're going to use like a more moderate rod or things like that you don't have to drive that hook home so hard because it's mm-hmm. just like a texas rig hook it's an ewg or if you have a big thick football jig with a big thick weed guard on it you do have to kind of have a little bit more stouter rod a little bit faster tip to really drive that home so i think it's probably a a plus one in the category for a wobble head or a pivot head or something, or at least what
1: I like. I I always did with football head jigs was trim the weed guards, like, you know, pull some of the stranding out and cut it. It's probably completely killing the purpose of (laughs) how it's built, but it just feels like you said, you don't have to just hit that hero hook set on them like Brad does. It's so much (laughs) fun, man. (laughs) It's fun until you hit yourself.
2: Oh, Josh does the same thing. I don't know if you've seen his video with him and Brian fishing together, but, Josh sets the hook real hard with like a light wire jig and he ends
1: up losing the fish. He, <laughs> he gets so the mad. Line but... right off. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I've, I have buddies make fun of me because like I'll get in excited when we're fishing, the, you know, moving water. And uh, I will, dude, I'll start just sending that hook home. And then, you know, you're pulling up like a rock bass. Like, yeah. yeah. And I like, have a... dude, leave his lips, man.
3: I have a really bad tendency to like be having a bad day and then you know like four hours later that first like you said rock bass or or 10 inch bass yeah gets sent to the (laughs) moon like over your shoulder because it's just pent up just frustration i've done that in like tournaments and stuff before where you're just having like a terrible day you're hour three after launch you've got you know one keeper in the live well and and it wasn't one that you caught you're in the back of the boat you're just like dude i'm not feeling this and then all of a sudden you get that one bite that you know is like there's like a half a half chance that it's a bluegill and you're like I don't care I'm sending it to Mars and then it goes over your shoulder and you're like whoops
1: best best (laughs) footage of somebody that does that is Greg Blanchard He, I think last year he did it so many times dude he would rip one out of the pads and you'd hear that poor thing just bounce off the boat or it'd fly over the front of the boat and I mean I, you know not making fun of him or anything about it I think it's hilarious I mean but like he said something one time he was like I might have killed that little guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, the smack when that thing hit the kayak.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Well, we better end this, man. Brian's gonna chastise us, <laughs>
1: <sighs> he's got nothing better to do. It's not like he does a lot, yeah. He doesn't run this whole group of misfits, and know, and I, now the paddling finch rail And
2: I don't know how he does it, I'm sure he'll talk to you on your show about it, but man,
6: he, he I'm in
3: i'm interested dude because he's got a lot i mean you guys have a billion and a half shows and segments and stuff and i didn't even i didn't know that he edited all of it and stuff like that like that's a that's a big big task yeah yeah
2: we appreciate him. that's for sure
3: yeah a lot of moving parts all the time too yep
2: well it was fun man uh before we end it you got any shout outs uh shout your show sponsors out if you want to
3: yeah i mean top fishing deals if uh It's one of those ones that every once in a while you just get approached by something that seems like a no brainer. And, uh, the guys over there, Jesse, the owner is insanely cool. And a long time ago he reached out and was like, Hey, I'm thinking about making a website where basically I'm going to put the best like sales and stuff from all over the internet and from all the retailers and just have like an easy one-stop shop kind of go to website where you just check and see what's on sale and what's on clearance and stuff like that. I was like, dude, that's a no brainer for me. I'm redneck to the bone. I don't pay retail for anything as like, I, and the guy that's knee deep in the bargain bin at field and stream all the time looking for like mm-hmm. you know the the buy four for five knowing darn well they're all big bite baits things that i already have and don't need any more of and yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah uh they've been great um dark horse tackle has been working with us the past couple months they've been great too but yeah i mean if anybody's uh interested it's just the tackle talk podcast for wherever normal podcasts are and you know it's a. Uh, it, it's kind of fun it's it's totally different from what you guys do too which is why mm-hmm. i think all this stuff is so cool it's like you guys uh i'm kind of jealous sometimes because your guys is a lot more laid back like you get to just sit out and basically hang with your friends and just talk yeah. fishing and mine's more like i don't know come prepared it's 30 minutes so it's very like short and concise and trying to throw a lot of information in 30 minutes and you know, just just try and make sure that if you're listening for 30 minutes, it was worth it and you learn something. So it's a lot of preparation, a lot of like, you know, just trying to provide value in 30 minutes. So it's if you're looking for, a, you know, a, a listening to buddies talk about fishing, it's it may not be your, your cup of tea. But, you know, if you're looking to, to maybe pick up some tips and tricks and, you know, hopefully if you're like, you know, one of those middle guys like me. And, you know, I think a lot of people fall in that boat where it's like not a pro. I'm not a novice. I'm somewhere in between, but I know that I still have a lot to learn. It's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool show for those people.
1: Yeah. I, I don't recommend don't watch it. Ann. If you don't, if you don't watch it, you're going to get sucked into the paddle and fin family, man. <laughs> We're looking Dude, to I've, add another 40 or 50 shows. I,
3: I have told people a billion times. I said, it is not pulling teeth to get me to talk fishing. I can do it, you know, 24 seven. And I think almost every angler is the exact same way. It's like, we, we just pine for that that excuse to sit down and, and talk about
1: fishing i, I could yep. challenge joe rogan's four hour podcast oh yeah about, and it'd be all fishing like oh, straight yes. up <laughs> yep
4: yeah
2: well yeah it's been fun man uh thanks again for coming on the show i'm sure we'll have you back on again because this was a lot of fun oh no yeah, i'm dude, gonna enjoy this
1: dude like be like, hey, what are you doing? Let's talk fishing. <laughs> I'll just hit the record button. <laughs>
3: there you go. Does the, de- does the day end in Y? Because I'm I'm on board.
1: Heck
2: yeah. Um, I, I was going to say something else, but I forget. But it's all good. <laughs> anyway, I'll probably remember it after I hit the stop button here. So, uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you.
6: Peace. on all your jig and tackle needs. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.
0: Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.